0: Welcome to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlanski, and I thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode. We have a good one for you today, as we're going to be talking about, obviously, news around the NHL to kick off, as we are less than a week to puck drop, away from puck drop, I should say, for the 2021-22 NHL season. So we have a little bit of news, some player news, and some rivalry news that we're going to get to here in the first segment. But then after that, we're going to close out the show with two segments about my NHL trophy predictions, both in performance-based as well as voter-based. But we'll get to that in later segments, as I mentioned. But we're kicking off the show with news from around the league. On Thursday, we were all surprised to hear about Carey Price and his decision to step away from the Montreal Canadiens voluntarily to take part in the player assistance program. Now, not much was given and not much information was given by Canadiens general manager, Mark Bergevin, or by Carey Price's wife on Twitter when she posted her statement for the family. But what we do know is Carey Price will be away from the team for a minimum of 30 days. And as always, with this type of story and with this type of absence, we wish the best for Carey Price in health, whether that be physical health, mental health. We just hope that he is okay and he can get right. And this is the reason that the NHL's player assistance program exists. We saw a couple of seasons ago, Bobby Ryan enter the player assistance program and seek help in that direction. We saw obviously last season with the news coming out earlier this year that Jonathan Drouin took a step away from the Montreal Canadiens to deal with mental health issues. We don't know what Kerry Price is dealing with currently, but we do obviously support him in everything that he does, and we hope that this will help him and help his family with whatever they are dealing with currently. So, good luck to Kerry Price and whatever he is challenging and being challenged with right now. We hope for all the best for him. Some other bad news this time from the Los Angeles Kings Quentin Byfield, obviously an exciting young player, heading into his second season was able to get a little bit of playing time last year towards the tail end of the year with the LA Kings. This was set to be his first full 82-game season. And if you listen to the episode earlier in this season of the Hockey Hotbed where I had Jordy Cunningham on, he was excited about the prospect of watching Quentin Byfield in his first full season. We were all excited to watch Quentin Byfield this season. He could have been a really, really stout third-line center for the LA Kings behind DeNoe and Kopitar. Or he could have moved up and played on the wings with one of those two. We don't know. The point is, unfortunately, he was injured during a preseason game this past week against the Arizona Coyotes. A left ankle fracture and he will be out indefinitely. Byfield has been placed on injured reserve for the LA Kings. And we are told that he will be reevaluated. In a couple weeks. So the start of the season, of course, some injuries that we're dealing with. We talked last episode about Jacob Varana in Detroit. He'll be out for months with a shoulder surgery. We saw Josh Norris in Ottawa also missing time due to a shoulder injury. And now Quentin Byfield as well. Gonna miss I would imagine a couple months due to, or at least a month due to a left ankle fracture. So we wish all of the best to Quentin Byfield in a speedy recovery. We cannot wait to see him back out there. In the black and white. For the LA Kings. One last thing I did want to mention. And this I'm going to take a little bit more time on. Just simply because there's more conversation around it. Obviously. We want to give Carey Price. And Quinton Byfield all our best thoughts. From this podcast. But I want to talk about Tampa Bay. Against the Florida Panthers. It seems. Like an easy rivalry. Due to proximity. And. And. Something that I always say is nothing starts a rivalry better than a postseason series. Well, last year we sort of started to see the start of that between Tampa Bay and Florida. A really good first round series between the two teams. Obviously, Tampa Bay moves on and they end up going to win the Stanley Cup. Florida, last year was their first year of really being this top tier team. This year, the expectations are even higher. They added well in the offseason. They're back in it with an Atlantic division that's going to be very, very competitive between these two teams. It's going to be fun to watch. We expect it to get heated because of, obviously, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They eliminated the Florida Panthers last year. That usually creates a little bit of animosity. But between that and the proximity and now what we saw earlier this week in the preseason, this rivalry could become one of the best rivalries to watch for this season. It got heated in a preseason game. Think about how hard that is to do. A lot of the regular players were playing in it too. So it's not like we saw these AHL guys go after it. We saw some NHL guys get into it too. Sam Bennett started it all. By running into Andre Vasilevsky behind the Tampa Bay Lightning net. Obviously, rule number one of hockey, you don't run into the goaltender. Or, you do, you just expect that somebody is going to respond. And the Tampa Bay Lightning did. Obviously, a massive fight ensues off the face-off a little bit later. And the game gets heated. The rivalry is renewed down there in Florida. We've been waiting for a long time to see this rivalry get this heated. And now we have it. I mean, last postseason, it got pretty heated in the first round. But now, because of that, and because of this, those games are going to become must watch. Obviously, it also helps that the Tampa Bay Lightning are back to back defending Stanley Cup champions. And they're going to be must watch games to begin with. But Tampa Bay versus Florida, now a marquee matchup. I mean, you talk about all of the best rivalries in the sport Pittsburgh versus Washington. Why is that a rivalry? Well, they're in the same division. They have two of the most marketable, two of the biggest stars, two of the most transcendent stars in all of hockey. Oh, yeah. And the fact that they've played four or five times in the postseason. What's another one? The Battle of Alberta, Calgary versus Edmonton. Why is that a rivalry? Maybe not postseason, but because of proximity and because of how good both teams were that season that. Cassian and Kachuk stuff happened. Both teams were very good in fighting for playoff spots when that happened. And now Tampa and Florida. Both teams, good. Tampa looking to win their third straight Stanley Cup. Florida looking to build off of what they started last season. They had a really good year, finished second in the Central Division, and kind of pushed Tampa to their limits. I mean, they had a slow start, they had to figure out what they were doing, but then they came around towards the end of that series and made it more of a competition. This year, they should be even better. So obviously, getting heated in the preseason, it's going to grab storylines, but it's going to fade away. But once these two teams meet in the regular season, it'll kick right back up. Also, whenever we see these two fighting for a postseason spot late in the year, we're going to see that again. And we might even see another series between these two teams. Like I said, that that Atlantic division, it's going to be tough this year. We could see these two as the two versus three matchup. You never know. But that rivalry is quickly becoming one of the top rivalries in the NHL. I'm going to take a quick break here. But when we return, we're going to kick off our NHL trophy predictions. We're less than a week away to the start of the NHL season. So all the predictions are starting now. Obviously, we had all of our previews. I previewed each and every one of the 32 NHL franchises over the past four episodes. So if you want to hear that, go back and listen and please download as well, because that lets me know that you are listening. But what we're going to do after the break is we're going to give our NHL, and by our, I mean my, NHL trophy predictions for the 2021-22 NHL season. I'll be right back. Hockey is back and DraftKings Sportsbook has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers A free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any hockey game and win $100 in free bets if either team lights the lamp. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. We are five days away from the start of the 2021-22 NHL season. What we expect to be a full slate of 82 games for 32 teams, over 1,300 matchups in the NHL. And at the end of it, there's going to be trophies that are presented to the best and the brightest of the NHL. And what I'm going to do here on episode 10 of the Hockey Hotbed, I'm going to give my predictions, and I want you to hold me to it. If you listen to this, now I would ask you to write it down, but who wants to do that? I'm going to post a graphic with all of these selections, and I want you to hold me to it. Throughout the season, after the season, hold me to these predictions. I'm going to hold myself to them, but if I waver, which I hopefully won't, if I waver, You guys better keep me honest. I trust you to do that. We're going to start with NHL trophy predictions for the performance-based ones. The ones that don't get messed up by human error and voting and politics. Oh, I'll get into that. We're going to start with the William M. Jennings trophy given to the goaltending tandem, or the team of goaltenders, that allow the fewest amount of goals throughout the NHL season. I could have given this to a bunch of different people. Obviously, you look at a team like the Winnipeg Jets. Okay, they're they're going to be pretty good defensively. They have a Vezina goaltender and Connor Hellybuck. Yeah, they, they could be pretty good. You look at a team that has won it a couple times in the previous couple years, in the Boston Bruins. Yeah, their goaltending isn't quite where it was. I'm going to give this one, or predict, that this is going to go to the Vegas Golden Knights. And it's going to go to goaltender Robin Leonard and Loren Bressois. And whoever, obviously, else plays for them. But those two are the starter and the backup going into the season. I think the Vegas Golden Knights are going to allow the least amount of goals in the NHL. First and foremost, because they're playing behind one of the top defenses and overall teams in the league. Vegas was almost a President's Trophy winning team last year. They're going to contend for that again this season. And a big part of that is the fact that they have a very talented defense, obviously spearheaded by a guy like Alex Petrangelo, who's already named to Team Canada. He's he's one of the first three guys named to what is going to be probably one of the most stacked teams in the history of hockey. And Alex Petrangelo is one of the guys that has already been named to that team, and he's going to lead this Vegas team as well. Then you have a guy like Alec Martinez, who's... Extremely talented on the back end. Veteran presence. That's going to be good. And then you'll also look at a guy like Shea Theodore. A guy that has garnered some Norris attractions. But I don't think nearly enough. Shea Theodore is one of the best defensemen in the NHL. You put those three together. Think about the fact that you also have a guy like Mark Stone up front. Think about that you also have one of the most talented, one of the most high scoring offenses. So you're going to be playing with a lead. A lot. That's why I think the Vegas Golden Knights are going to win the Jennings Trophy this year. Also, let's not forget about the fact that Robin Leonard is a very, very good goaltender. And now that they don't have the controversy between is it Leonard, is it Flurry, is it Flurry, is it Leonard? Leonard can sit back and and be the starting goaltender. I know that it's never going to be without controversy because Robin Leonard is never without controversy having meetings with the NHL, being outspoken on Twitter. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't get to him. He's dealt with way worse than Twitter controversy. I think he's going to have a really good season. Loren Bressois as his backup. I mean, he's been very good in two of the past three seasons with the Winnipeg Jets. 2018-19, he had a 2.52 goals allowed average and a 9.25 save percentage. The year after that, Winnipeg's defense was comically bad. So, Take it with a grain of salt, 328 goals allowed average, 895 save percentage. It was a bad year for him. But then last season, he had a 242 goals allowed average, best of all three years, and a 918 save percentage. As a backup, those are good numbers. That's what you like to see. And also, the last reason that I think this is going to be the team that wins the Jennings trophy this year, you're playing in the Pacific Division. It should be a very low-scoring division. I understand, yes. Vancouver Canucks can score goals, if all goes right. Yeah, they're, they're a pretty lethal team. Elias Pettersson, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, they're guys that can score goals. Quinn Hughes, they can put up points. That's one team. Edmonton, I mean, if not for McDavid and Drysaddle, that team would not even be in the top four in that division. Who else do they have to score? Yeah, Zach Hyman. Yeah, Yessi you RV. But are those guys really that dangerous? That's, that's going to be a negative for me. Then you look at the rest of the division. There's not that much offense to go around. So that paired with the fact that Vegas is is just very, very good on the back end and on the blue line. That's why I think Robin Leonard and Loren Bressois are going to be walking home with the William M. Jennings trophy at the end of this season. Lowest amount of goals allowed in the NHL. Let's move over to the Rocket Richard, who, you know, honestly, the Rocket last year, ridiculous, right? I mean, watching Austin Matthews win his first Rocket Richard last year was ridiculous. In a shortened season, the paces that he set, and this is just a theme that will continue to go once we talked about the Art Ross, but the paces that Austin Matthews set last year in a 56-game season, one where he also dealt with wrist injuries, was ridiculous. I mean... You have to imagine with an 82-game slate that Austin Matthews is going to put up ridiculous numbers. And, oh yeah, by the way, that's my pick for the Rocket Richard this year. I think Matthews wins it in back-to-back years. He had 41 goals last year in 52 games. He's going to put up 50 this year if he can stay healthy. I know he's dealing with a wrist injury going into the season. But, I mean, he dealt with (laughs) a wrist injury last year. And he scored 40 goals in a 50-game season. He's going to put up 50 this year. I hope everybody knows that. There's not going to be many players that can keep up with that. I mean, his competition in, in David Posternock, Leon Drysaddle, Connor McDavid. Yeah, those guys can put up goals. I'm sure Drysaddle's is going to be a 40 goal guy. I'm sure McDavid is going to get dangerously close to, to 40 goals. He's going to put in way more assists. Get to that in a minute. But nobody's going to keep up with Austin Matthews. Are you kidding me? I understand that last season was different. I get it. They didn't have to cross the border once. They played the same six teams the entire year. And they played in series style, which also limits the travel. So I get that it was a little bit easier last year to put up big numbers because some of those factors are down. But also, I mean, add in the factor that you're dealing with COVID. You're dealing with all this stuff. I don't think the numbers are going to be as high as they were last season. I think they were a little bit inflated and we'll see that this year in a full 82 game season. I think it's going to prove that last year's numbers are a little inflated, but Austin Matthews, his talent, if you watch the game, his skill and ability, that's, that's going to translate easily. I mean, the guy has scored 40 goals, not just 30 goals. He has scored 40 goals in three of his first five seasons in Toronto. I understand that we're in the midst of watching Alex Ovechkin, who I, I I thought about putting Alex Ovechkin in this slot as a Rocket Richard winner. But then I just realized that while Alex Ovechkin is a lock to score 30, and he's, he's going to probably finish this season third all time in NHL history in goal scoring, he's not going to keep up with Austin Matthews. I don't think there's anybody that'll keep up with Austin Matthews. Similar to how nobody really could keep up With Alex Ovechkin in the early 2010s. There's not going to be many people. I think it's even more ridiculous. The difference between where Austin Matthews is going to finish. And the rest of this competition is going to finish. Pasternak, he's going to score 30, 35, possibly 40 goals. Same with Drysaddle. Same with McDavid. Same with Ovechkin. But what Austin Matthews is about to do to this league. If he can stay healthy. Again, dealing with the wrist injury. Fine. He's going to put up 50 goals this year. And he's going to win the Rocket Richard. The last performance-based one trophy that I want to talk about is the Art Ross Trophy given to the NHL's leading point scorer. And is anybody picking somebody besides Connor McDavid? I mean, recency bias, yes, he he ran away with the Art Ross last year. But is anybody expecting over an 82-game season, Connor McDavid not to win the Art Ross. I mean, barring injury, which everything is barring injury. I shouldn't have to say it at this point. But barring injury, Connor McDavid is going to score 130 points this year. Is that out of the realm of possibility to anybody? It's not going to be close. I don't think anybody's going to come close to him. And if you think there's somebody, yeah, let me know. At Hockey Pod on Twitter. Who is gonna come close to Connor McDavid? You tell me. Because he's gonna have a Wayne Gretzky type season where he puts up absolutely asinine numbers. And I think he's gonna he's gonna score 130. And I don't think it's gonna be particularly close. I mean, look at what he did last year. I mean, yeah, it was a historic run, a historic pace. Absolutely ridiculous from what we saw from Connor McDavid last year. 105 points in 56 games. I mean, it's it's insane what he did. It, it, it's unfathomable watching a guy put up 100 points in 50 games. Now again, same thing as Austin Matthews. There was way less traveling seeing the same opponents, and then sometimes seeing some opponents that were very bad. The Canucks were very bad last year. The Flames were very bad last year. The Senators started off the year extremely bad. And the Habs were up and down. Obviously, they figured it out. But you're in a division with teams that were trying to figure their stuff out. Meanwhile, Connor McDavid is blowing past them and embarrassing them. If if you want a comparison for what we're going to see from McDavid this year. The closest thing I can do for you in the modern era is reminding you what Nikita Kucherov did in 2018-19. He won the Hart and the Art Ross cuz he scored 41 goals, 87 points and a or sorry, 41 goals, 87 assists and 128 points in an 82 game season. That's the closest comparable and it's going to be beat. Yeah, Connor McDavid's going to beat that. Connor McDavid this season I would not be surprised to see him put up 100 assists. Playing with Leon Draisaitl, getting a guy like Zach Hyman on that line, having a full 82 game slate, Connor McDavid's going to put up 100 assists. Have at least 130 points. 150 might be pushing it. So I'm not I'm not going to say that, but 130 points, 100 assists. I think we could see that and definitely another art Ross trophy to add to his collection that he is quickly quickly adding up I mean it would be what his his second art Ross third art Ross trophy third art ross trophy i would I would imagine. Nope, that would be his fourth. Sorry, I had to double-check myself. That would be his fourth Art Ross trophy, which it's going to be. He's going to win the Art Ross this year. It's going to be his fourth, and he's going to continue a crazy pace. Whether or not his team can succeed, that's a different question. So when it comes to performance-based trophies, the Golden Knights are going to win the Jennings. Austin Matthews is going to win the Rocket. And Connor McDavid's going to win the Art Ross. I'm 95% confident in those picks. Again, hold me to it. Definitely hold me to it. But I am 95% confident in those picks. And some people might say, you know what, those were the easy picks. It's because it, it's it's so easy to pick it. I mean, Connor McDavid is so easily the best player in the NHL right now. Austin Matthews, what he did last season. He is so easily the most lethal goal scorer in the NHL right now. It's weird saying that with Alex Ovechkin still there, but I mean, an aging Ovechkin and a young Matthews, you do the math. I'm going to take a quick break. When I return, we're going to finish off my NHL trophy predictions with the voter-based trophies, the ones that we love to argue about. And we're going to get that argument started early here this season. I'll be right back after a quick break. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, As well as DraftKings, make sure you use promo code THPN. I had a nice same game parlay going earlier in the week. In the NL wildcard game. Won a little bit of nice cash. Thanks to the the LA Dodgers. I needed them to win by two, so thank God Chris Taylor scored with somebody on base. In that walk-off. But Make sure you use promo code THPN. You get great odds and opportunities. Like I did. During the NL wildcard game. We're talking about NHL trophy predictions here. I gave my performance-based ones last segment. I'm gonna give my voter-based ones this segment. These are the ones that everybody loves to argue about. And you know what? Start an argument with me. At Hockey Hotbed Pod on Twitter. At the Hockey Hotbed on Instagram. Message me. Tag me. At me. Tell me I'm wrong. Because guess what? I'm not. I usually am not. I would I would like to say I'm right most of the time. <laughs> I would like to say that I'm right most of the time, but I also think that's probably a falsity. But let's get into these. I mean, these are always fun to discuss. These are always interesting predictions to make and then to see how wrong I was at the end of the season. But I'm confident in these predictions this year. Took a flyer in some areas. Some of them obviously picking the favorite. But let's start with Jack Adams because the Jack Adams award... (laughs) is always interesting because it always feels like somebody gets screwed. I mean, isn't that the, isn't that the just the, the deal with most awards? But it, it always feels like somebody is extremely screwed in the Jack Adams. It se- feels like somebody is screwed out of being a finalist, usually. But considering the way that it's voted, considering past winners and how it's gone, I'm going to say the Jack Adams award winner for the best coach of the year this year is going to go to Gerard Gallant. Of the New York Rangers. In his first year up there at MSG. I think he's going to take this team to the playoffs. I put them in the top four when I was doing my Metro Division preview earlier in the week. On episode 9. Check that out if you you want to hear me talk about the Rangers as a team in depth. I think the Metro is one of the toughest divisions. So the fact that I think Gallant Gallant is going to take them to the playoffs. it's, It's going to be even more impressive because of what he is doing in the division that he is doing it. It's his first season. As Rangers head coach. So you know that's going to play a factor. They're going to say hey. It's not like he's been here forever. He's been here for one year. And he put him in the playoffs. That's why. I mean Joel Quenville had been there for two years. But that's why he was the finalist last year. This team is very talented. So it's going to be a good team. They added some weird pieces. For the playoffs. So you got to make the playoffs first. But I think Gerard Gallant being there. Is going to help tremendously. This team featuring. Artemi Panarin, Capo Kako, Alexi Lafreniere, Mikan Sabinejad. It's going to be good this year. They're ready. It's not even to mention the back end where, you know, Igor Shosturkin. We'll see. It's kind of shit or get off the pot. Are you going to be a top goalie or are you not? Alexander Yorgiev is a good backup or a good 1B, whichever you need him to be. And then obviously Adam Fox won the Norris last year. Is probably one of the first times we've seen a guy that young win it in his first go-round. This team is good. This coach is good. He's already won the Jack Adams. That's already happened twice in the cap era. John Tortorella won both. Sorry, excuse me. John Tortorella won two. And so did Barry Trotz. Now, what is one thing that all three of these guys have in common? If Gallant can pull it off? Both Trotts and Tortorello won it with two separate teams. Right? So, Gerard Gallant won it back in the inaugural season for the Vegas Golden Knights because he took that team to the postseason when they weren't expected to go to the postseason. Now, the expectations for the Rangers are a little bit higher because they've shown that they have a talented team. They've existed for a little bit longer than Vegas did at the time he took over there. <laughs> So is it the same situation? No. But in his first year, is he going to take a team to a playoffs in a very difficult division? Yeah, he's going to do that. And he's going to have some players on this team. They're going to be going for some of these individual awards. So the Jack Adams award is going to go to Gerard Gallant. That's probably the one I'm... I don't want to say the one I'm least confident in. But just because of how the Jack Adams is voted... I don't really, yeah. I can't be as confident in these voter based ones as I am in the performance based ones because I don't trust the NHL writers to always make the best decision. But I'm predicting Gerard Gallant for Jack Adams. Let's move over to the Calder. Talk about some of the young studs in the NHL. This one's a bit of a hot take, and this is probably the one that most people are going to disagree with me. When you look at the Calder trophy this year, there's a lot of names that pop up. Obviously, it it sucks that Quentin Byfield got injured. That's going to severely. Hinder his opportunity to go for it. But when you talk about the Calder, most people bring up, you know, Cole Caulfield in Montreal. And yeah, he's going to probably be up there. People also bring up Trevor Zegras in Anaheim. Yeah, he's probably going to be up there. And those two are probably the odds-on favorites. If you ask Vegas, if you ask DraftKings, promo code THPN, it's probably going to be those two. I mean, if you look at what Lucas Raymond has done for the Red Wings in the preseason... Yeah, Lucas Raymond, is uh, he's making a name for himself, and he's definitely getting in the conversation, but it's still the preseason, so I'm not going to say Lucas Raymond is going to be a Calder favorite. My Calder favorite this year, and who I think is going to win the Calder, is Marco Rossi of the Minnesota Wild. Now, if you listened to me talk on 4 Checking TV a few weeks back, you already heard this take. You already heard me say that Marco Rossi, in my opinion, is going to win the Calder. And if you listen to that, you already know the reasons. If you didn't, I'll explain them again. I mean, he has a chance to play a major role in Minnesota. That's a team that is not very uh, deep when it comes to the center ice position. You have Joel Eriksson-Eck. And then behind that, if Rossi can come up and make a difference, he could be a second-line center. Shit, he could be a first-line center, depending on the decision-making from Dean Evason. They're in need of top centers, and Marco Rossi, If we look back to when he was drafted in 2020, was considered the most NHL-ready prospect in that draft. That's a draft that featured Alexi Lafreniere. That's a draft that featured Quentin Byfield. That's a draft that featured Tim Stutzla. All guys that played last year, Stutzla and Lafreniere, of course, more than Byfield. And then you look at what happened to Marco Rossi, obviously dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. He caught it. it. He had a bad reaction to it. Then getting injured. It was a bad year. It was a lost year for Marco Rossi. But he was still the most NHL ready going into that year. Whether or not he bounces back to be where he was this year, where, I mean, we don't know. But if he comes up, if he plays, if he's given the opportunity in Minnesota, I think Marco Rossi is going to make the biggest difference than any other rookie going into this season. Now, when is the last time, and I'll ask this, when is the last time that the Calder has gone to the same team back-to-back years? Because Kirill Kaprizov won the Calder last year. He is the reigning Calder Trophy winner. Marco Rossi would make it back-to-back. When is the last time that happened? I'll give you a second. Because it's not recent. The last time that happened was in 1967 and 1968. Bobby Orr and Derek Sanderson. Now, Bobby Orr is a top-five player all-time in the NHL. So, clearly, I'm not going to try to make any more connections to those two and these two. But I think Marco Rossi, if given the opportunity, especially if he's given the opportunity to play on a line with a guy like Kirill Kaprizov, he will be the Calder Trophy winner this year. It's going to be a fun race to watch. It really is. I mean, Cole Caulfield made a huge difference for the Canadians in the playoffs last year. Trevor Zegers is going to be extremely talented, extremely fun to watch. Basically, the only reason to tune in to Anaheim Ducks hockey. But Marco Rossi, if given the opportunity, I think will be a Calder Trophy winner. Now, I am going to keep an eye on uh, Lucas Raymond as well from Detroit because he has just been lighting it up in the preseason. Whether or not he makes that team and whether or not he continues to do this once the regular season comes around is a different story. But he's definitely going to be fun to watch. I know a lot of people like more at Cedar as well, or Cider. I have to figure out the correct way to say that if I'm can if i going to talk about them. But I'm going to go Marco Rossi for Calder. Selkie. Selkie's hard to predict. I mean, you can predict that Patrice Bergeron is going to be a finalist and probably be right nine times out of ten. But who's going to win it? That's a different question. Alexander Barkov, people thought he should win it for the longest time. Last year, finally gets it. Same thing with Sean Couturier for the year before. But this season, I'm going to go with Mark Stone. He was a finalist last year, finished third in voting. And he's playing on a team that it helps that he has good defense. It's the same thing as the, why I thought they're going to win the Jennings Trophy. They, they have good defense that's going to help. I also think that he plays in a division that's going to help as well, not a very high-scoring division. He doesn't have to play the most difficult of opponents other than McDavid and Dreisaitl. If Mark Stone, in their games against the Edmonton Oilers, is going to be able to shut down or at least mitigate the effect of those two, that's going to go a long way with all the voters. Those are going to be marquee matchups. Those are going to be the two best teams in the Pacific Division. Besides that, Mark Stone just has everything a Selkie Trophy winner needs to have. I mean, he's offensively gifted. He's a big name. He is a captain. I know that this ends up going to the surprisingly defensively stout captain that is also an offensive juggernaut. That's basically what the Selkie is. Mark Stone fits the bill. And it also seems like voters need to have that Selkie winner be a nominee in years past. So Mark Stone now, he finished third. That allows him to possibly win it this year. And that's why I think Mark Stone's going to win it. I'm not really going to get too much deeper into it. Just because that's a very analytical conversation and I'm not really in the mindset today to get very analytical, but I would go Mark Stone for Selkie. If you're putting your money down, I would say he's probably, in my opinion, the guy that you should put your money on. I have three more to get through. These are the biggest three trophies given out for individual performance. Obviously, I'm not going to talk about the Lester B. Pearson award because that is player voted. So in my opinion, it's not my place to put a prediction on that. But I do want to talk about the Vezina. Last year's winner, Mark andre Fleury, he's playing for the Chicago Blackhawks. If they make the postseason, I mean, he's a shoo-in to be a finalist again. Now that he has the pedigree, quote, unquote, of a Vezina Trophy winner, if he takes the Blackhawks back to the postseason, yeah, he'll probably be a favorite, but he's not going to be good enough to beat reigning, not reigning, but former Vezina Trophy winner, Connor Hellybuck. I think Helibuck and the Winnipeg Jets are my dark horse to win the Stanley Cup. I talked about that when I previewed the Central Division. Helibuck also has three top five Vez- Vezina finishes in the past four seasons, including that victory. So he's always in the conversation. One time he was put over the edge. And this year, with Winnipeg, in my opinion, making it back to the postseason, with Winnipeg being one of the most impressive teams, in my opinion, in the regular season, I predict that. I think the fact also that he's a premier goaltender, I think it's Heliabuk and Vasilevsky at 1-2. Probably Vasilevsky getting the edge overall. But he is, in my opinion, without a doubt, one of the top two goaltenders in the league. His team is better this year. His team should make the playoffs this year. And I think that should put him over the edge for his second Vezina Trophy. Who is going to be his toughest competition? Obviously, Andre Vasilevsky. (laughs) If you ask Nikita Kucherov, Vasilevsky should have won it the past two seasons. So Vasie is going to get a good look. Robin Leonard in Vegas is going to get a good look. Now that he is the number one guy. And Vegas is going to be good. Semyon Varlamov, I think, is going to get a good look this year. I think the Islanders, if they can put it together during the regular season and play as they do in the postseason, which is going to be tough. It really is. But Varlamov has impressed a lot of people over the last couple of seasons. This year... I think he finally has the media backing that if he can put together a really good season, he'll he'll get in there in voting. I don't know if he'll be able to go over the top, but he'll get in there. And then, of course, Mark andre Fleury reigning, defending Vezina Trophy winner for the Chicago Blackhawks. And playing playing in Chicago, one of the biggest markets in the NHL, if he can succeed with that team and take that team back to the postseason, he's going to get a lot of first-place votes. But I don't think it'll be enough to pass Connor Heliabuck, mainly because Heliabuck and the Jets are going to finish above the Blackhawks in the standings, and also because Heliabuck is a guy that, in my opinion, is primed to just, again, dominate the goaltending position this year. The Norris Trophy, on the other hand, that is kind of a crapshoot of contenders, isn't it? Adam Fox won it last year. A little bit of a surprise for everybody. It was kind of a pleasant surprise, a breath of fresh air, that a young player in Adam Fox was able to get it. You always have guys like Victor Hedman that are going to contend. I would venture a guess that Quinn Hughes is going to bounce back into that conversation after being a Calder finalist two years ago. I think he's going to have a bounce back season. He's going to go up there. And I think... The runner-up from last year is going to win the trophy this year. And the runner-up last season was Kale McCarr for the Colorado Avalanche. He is such a dominant force on the blue line. It helps that he played, I mean, last season. I would say the Avalanche had the best decor in the NHL. I would say this season they're still up there. I think losing a guy like Ryan Graves doesn't help. I don't know what they're doing, messing around with Jack Johnson. That doesn't help. But I think Kale McCarr on that team is going to do enough to be the Norris Trophy winner this season. It's only a matter of time until he gets one. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be a tr- Norris Trophy winner. I think that's that much is evident. He's beloved across the NHL. Um, this ESPN deal is only going to help even more because this Colorado Avalanche team—they're a defending President's Trophy winning team. They're gonna get. Marketed as such by ESPN, by TNT, and Kale McCarr, while he's not the star player of that team, which is Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr is the star on the blue line for the Avalanche. Put all that together with the fact that he is going to probably put up massive offensive numbers and he's primed for another, not another, another Norris Trophy nomination for sure in my opinion, his first Norris Trophy victory. Now, all that leaves is the heart. Whew, the heart can be very difficult to predict. You could always do the easy thing, which is give whoever you believe the Art Ross to also the heart trophy, which if Conor McDavid has the season that I predict, it's going to be hard to not give him the heart trophy. And if he puts up 150 points, he's going to win the heart trophy. It's just a matter of fact. But if he stays healthy, again, massive caveat that goes to everything. But if he stays healthy, I think Artemi Panarin is going to be your 2021-22 Hart Trophy winner. Let that sink in there for a second. Because if McDavid goes up and puts out 150 points, I don't think Panarin can do it. But I don't know if McDavid can do 150 I also don't think if McDavid gets over 130, anybody's going to even look any other direction. But in my opinion, the Hart Trophy winner this season is going to be Artemi Panarin. Last year, he had 58 points in 42 games played. Nobody talked about Artemi Panarin last season. Why did we not? I mean, (laughs) it was his second year in New York. It's going to be his third year now. Why did nobody talk about this guy? Yeah, sure, 58 points in 42 games played is nothing compared to 105 points in 56 games played. But that's a ridiculous season. A season that he dealt with injury. And he still did this. He was a heart finalist, like I mentioned, his first year in New York in 2019-20. So do I think he gets back to that? Yeah, I think that much is pretty obvious if he has a good season, which is, you know, I think that's a fair statement that Artemi Panarin is going to have a good season. I think he's going to lead... That team in points, easily. A very talented team. And they're going to go back to the postseason for the first time since the 2017 playoffs. That, right there. Mixed with the fact that he's playing in New York. Is going to get him enough votes. Let's not underestimate how important it is what market you play for. And Artemi Panarin plays in one of the biggest markets. Honestly, the biggest market in the United States for hockey. You can say it's Chicago all you want. It's New York. There's a reason. They play at MSG for God's sakes. It is the New York Rangers. Artemi Panarin is the headline player for a talented, young New York Rangers team. He's going to put up over a point a game this season. He is going to be the 2021-22 Hart Trophy finalist and winner. Sorry. Yeah, you can find us easier. Also, there's always Eastern bias in the NHL. So, I mean, factor that in if you want to, which you probably have to. But I believe Artemi Panarin is going to win the heart. So, let's run down all of them. If you skip through to this part of the episode, first of all, I don't know why. But if you skip through to this point in the episode, here are my predictions for the NHL trophies. Performance-based. William M. Jennings. Vegas Golden Knights, Robin Leonard and Loren Bressois Rocket Richard, Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Art Ross, Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers. Now moving over to the voter-based. Jack Adams Award, Gerard Gallant of the New York Rangers. Calder Trophy, Marco Rossi, Minnesota Wild. Frank J. Selke Trophy to Mark Stone of the Vegas Golden Knights. The Vezina Trophy, Connor Hellebuyck, Winnipeg Jets. Norris Trophy goes to Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche. And the Hart Trophy goes to Artemi Panarin of the New York Rangers. Those are my predictions. Make fun of me all you want. But if you're going to make fun of me, make sure you tag me on Twitter. (laughs) At the Hockey Hotbed Pod. Or direct message me if you don't want to get that public with it. Tell me I'm an idiot. Tell me you agree with me. If you agree with me, that's even better. If you want to call me an idiot, call me an idiot. Let's start a fun debate about it, because that's what these trophies are for. Until the end of the season, they're there for debate. And I'm sure I'm going to come back to it in a month, and half of my picks are going to look awful. But I want you to keep me honest. Like I said at the start of this, keep me honest, because I'm going to try to keep myself honest. But it's a long season. 82 games for the first time in three years. It's going to be a fun season. going to be a fun year. These players I mentioned, they're going to be good. They're going to be entertaining. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Hmm. Next time I come to you, it'll be Tuesday, October 12th, 2021. Otherwise known as the start of the 2021-22 NHL regular season. The next time I come to you, it will be game day for regular season NHL hockey. I'm so excited for this. I'm sorry if I just blew out your ears, but I'm that genuinely excited for the start of hockey, which will be premiering by the time the next episode is out. So make sure you tune in next Tuesday to get your hockey fix in the early afternoon or in the early morning before puck drop in Tampa Bay. And we'll see you guys next week. I hope everybody has a great weekend. And I hope everybody enjoyed this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Make sure you please download it. Make sure you please subscribe. Please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way, and it helps get the word out about this podcast. And if you enjoy it, why not share it with your friends? Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. I really appreciate everybody that has listened so far 10 episodes deep into this new venture of mine called the Hockey Hotbed. Have a good weekend, hockey fans.